You're listening to the My 25 Podcast, keeping you up to date on the NCAA's college basketball rankings each week. Here's your host, David Payne. Hey everybody, I'm David Payne. You're listening to the My 25 Podcast. Just in case you didn't get enough basketball over the weekend, I'm here to talk about it just a little bit more Uh, in today's episode. I'm going to talk about my experience in Boise at the first and second round games there. That was a lot of fun. Then I'll look at my bracket, which is completely busted, just like everyone else who filled one out. And then finally, we'll look at the Sweet 16. I'll give my take on what might happen for what it's worth. Everything has been going crazy this year. This is one of the craziest March Madnesses I've ever seen. I feel like I say that every year, but this year is 100 times crazier than last year. So first, I do want to thank BYU-Idaho Radio for letting me record here, Dale Spalding for that voiceover, Jan Kemlar for the music, and also Real Sport Media for hosting this podcast on their website, realsport101.com. Go check them out for whatever sports content you're looking for. They got tons of great stuff. So like I said, this NCAA tournament is probably the most crazy I've ever seen. It'll go down in history as the first time a 16 seed has taken down a number one seed. UMBC, which I'd never heard of before this really, took down UVA. Virginia wasn't just the number one seed, they were the number one overall seed and have been number one in the AP Top 25 rankings for a majority of the season. Like I said, not many people have even heard of UMBC, but now my future kids will hear stories of how UMBC, a 16 seed, beat Virginia, the number one overall seed. And this game wasn't a prayer thrown up from half court either. It wasn't a buzzer beater. They won 74 to 54. They beat the number one team by 20 points. Before this game, I read that there were about 25 brackets left that were perfect in the 17 billion filled out or however many it was. Those 25 were busted when the Retrievers beat the Cavaliers by 20 points. On top of that, there's been some amazing finishes so far. We'll get some sound early in this episode. Here's Loyola Chicago beating Tennessee at the buzzer. to Custer. Here comes the player of the year, the NBC rises. No timeouts for Tennessee. Bone rises. And the dream is alive. Loyola rambling on to the Sweet 16. The Ramblers had already upset Miami in the first round, and now they're in the Sweet 16. Loyola Chicago is a Catholic school, and they had their team chaplain cheering them on, 98-year-old sister Jean. I also heard that someone looked at her bracket, and she had Loyola Chicago going to the Sweet 16, but that's all. She's been praying for them, and they've been doing some amazing things, but the players and the team are hoping to prove her wrong this weekend to move into the Elite Eight for the first time in Loyola Chicago's NCAA history. Another huge shot came from Jordan Poole out of Michigan. Houston was giving the Wolverines a heck of a game, and with three seconds left, Michigan was down by two. Luckily for the Wolverines, Houston missed some free throws that would have sealed the game. It would have been over. I have Michigan in the final game this year, so I was like Sister Jean. I was praying. I was hoping for a buzzer beater, and Michigan came through. They inbound the ball, and Jordan Poole threw up a three-pointer. Take a listen. He rifles it right in front of us to Abdul Rahman at midcourt. Extra pass. And it goes for the win! The three-pointer by Jordan Poole! A freshman has won it! 
Michigan survived and won by one point. It was heartbreaking for Houston, though, because their last three games have come down to the buzzer. They lost to Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference Championship at the last second. Then they beat San Diego State in the first round with a last-second layup by Rob Gray. But then they lost to Michigan on this Jordan Poole three-point buzzer beater. It was an amazing shot to keep the Wolverines in this tournament and move them on to the Sweet 16. Some other intense upsets in this year's tournament have been number four, Wichita State, losing to number 13, Marshall, in the first round. Number nine, Florida State taking out number one, Xavier. Number seven, Nevada, upsetting number two, Cincinnati. Another number seven, Texas A&M, beating number two, UNC. And then also a 13-seeded Buffalo getting the best of number four, Arizona. I was at the Buffalo-Arizona game in Boise and happened to be sitting courtside with the folks from Buffalo. I worked my way down there, found some empty seats, and enjoyed the game from there. I knew that I had Arizona in my final four, so I kind of I cheered along with Buffalo, thinking the Wildcats are going to keep it close, but ultimately they'll win the game. But then there was about 12 minutes to go in the game, and I thought Arizona could still do this. They were down by about 10 They needed to pick it up a little bit, and everyone was so excited to see DeAndre Ayton and Alonzo Trier, two potential top 10 picks in the NBA draft, but they were both terrible. With about 10 minutes left, that's when I knew Arizona wasn't going to win. They weren't even trying. Buffalo ended up winning the game 89-68. Arizona coach Sean Miller got booze when he walked into the stadium and when he walked out. Honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't been let go yet. Immediately after the game, Aiton and Trier declared for the draft, which I thought was classless. They didn't even let the dust settle. They didn't consolidate their teammates. They didn't talk about losing that game. They selfishly jumped into declaring for the draft. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if both are busts in the NBA. They're both extremely talented, but personality-wise, they need to get their act together and humble themselves a little bit if they want to make it in the NBA. The program at Arizona is slowly going downhill, and until Coach Miller is out, it's going to keep rolling downhill. They let me down again. I had faith that they were playing with a chip on their shoulder. I thought they were going to prove everybody wrong, but it looked like they were done before this game even started. And I don't even matter. They let me down, but I don't even matter. Think of all the alumni and the people who have been to their school, previous players, years and years of graduates, had pride in their school for nothing this year. It was still an enjoyable game, along with the other games I had the chance to see. I saw Ohio State and South Dakota State, Gonzaga and University of North Carolina Greensboro, and then Kentucky and Davidson, plus the winners, Ohio State and Gonzaga, and then Kentucky and Buffalo. Here's a little fun fact, though. Coach Calipari's wife and family have bodyguards. I found that out over the weekend. Every year at the tournament, we always try to find the closest seats as possible. We look for empty ones. We walk down there. We sit as long as we can. We usually get kicked out. We had some success this year. But we found a seat right behind Coach Calipari's wife. She was very nice, but we sat there for about half the game. The entire time I could kind of feel some tension from the other Kentucky players around us. They knew we didn't belong. We felt like we didn't belong. And sure enough, we got kicked out by Coach Calipari's wife's bodyguards. That's when we moved over to the Buffalo section, who were more happy to have us as long as we were cheering for them. And it was an amazing showing for Buffalo. Later on, I found my way to the media table for a game. There was an empty seat there. An NBA scout never showed up, so I took his spot, which was nice because I got updated stat sheets at each media timeout and at the half. It was basically heaven for a college basketball nerd like myself. If you missed all the action from my trip to Boise, though, you can check it out on Twitter at My25Podcast or like My25Podcast on Facebook. Also, go and subscribe to this podcast while you're listening. That way you can get the updates. Listen to what I've said this entire season and what I'll say from here on out. Most of it's wrong, but that's how college basketball goes. Let's look at the Sweet 16, though, and see what could happen. 
I ended up picking 8 of 16 correct, which, considering the craziness of this year's tournament, is pretty good. Unless you do the math, then it's only like 50%, which is a complete failing grade. I'd get an F. That's terrible. But some people didn't even get 8 out of 16. So I'm going to boast about that for a little bit. So looking at the bracket, I'll start in the south. It's the top left corner. We'll see Kansas State take on Kentucky. So after Kentucky treated us poorly, I'm definitely cheering for Kansas State here. But I can see UK taking this one. They seem to be peaking at the perfect time. Buffalo upset Arizona, but then lost to Kentucky by 20 points. So I'll say the Kentucky Wildcats are going to move on. Remember, my bracket's already filled out. It's already busted. So this is just me looking to see what could happen and what I think is going to happen. None of this is guaranteed in the slightest. So next up in the South, we have Loyola Chicago and Nevada. I'd love to see the number 11 Ramblers outlast Nevada and make it to the Elite Eight. But I think it's going to be a close one. Nevada's led by the twins, Caleb and Cody Martin. They're identical twins, and unless you see the number on their jersey when they make a basket, it's really hard to tell which one did it. Their numbers are 10 and 11, too, so you have to look really hard, because if you just get a glimpse, you still might be mistaken. I'm going to go with Sister Jean and have Loyola Chicago play in the Sweet 16 and no further. In her bracket, that's as far as she has them going. However, if you're in Vegas and you're a betting person, I've been wrong on most of these already, so you might make some money betting against me here. I don't condone or advise you to bet on anything, especially in this tournament, because anything could happen, and that's going to be a close, fun game to watch. Moving down into the West region, we'll have Florida State and Gonzaga. I watched Gonzaga play in Boise, and it's probably one of the college teams I've seen play most in person in my entire life. I talked down about them earlier in the season, but they seem to be doing everything right. I think Florida State will be burned out after their comeback win over Xavier, which was a complete surprise to me. I thought Xavier would completely blow by everyone in the West region, but the Seminoles got it done. I wouldn't be surprised to see them continue over Gonzaga, but I think the Zags will move on. Next, we have Michigan and Texas A&M. Both teams have been playing well this postseason. Michigan killed Montana in the first round, but then they barely squeezed by Houston thanks to Poole's buzzer beater, which you heard earlier, and hopefully you saw. If you didn't, pause this podcast, go watch that buzzer beater, and then come back. It'll be worth it. Texas A&M manhandled UNC, though, which I enjoy seeing as a Duke fan, but I think this game's going to be a close one. I'm going to stick with Michigan since I do have them playing in my bracket for the national championship. I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose here, though. Looking up in the top right corner of the bracket, I did pretty good picking the East. I have all four teams playing in the Sweet 16 correct. So if everything works out for me, Villanova is going to beat West Virginia and Purdue will beat Texas Tech. Both Villanova and West Virginia have had easy games so far. At least they've seemed easy. They've been outscoring their opponents by at least 20 in each game. It'll be interesting to see them play each other, though, and I have Villanova moving on in that game. When it comes to Texas Tech and Purdue, the Boilermakers lost their big man, Isaac Haas. He was coming down with a big rebound, and he fell backward. He tried to catch himself and still hang on to the ball, and when he was falling, he hit his elbow on the ground, and it fractured his right elbow. So he's out for the rest of the tournament. However, Matt Harms and his hair have stepped up. It's all everybody's talking about with Purdue. He had an amazing game filling in for Haas. He typically plays behind Haas, But in that game against Butler, he did very well starting. They barely won that game by three points, though. Texas Tech beat Florida in the second round by three points as well. So both teams are familiar with tight games down the stretch. I have Purdue going on to the Elite Eight, but we'll see what happens. Moving on to the Midwest, we have Kansas and Clemson. I put my faith in New Mexico State because I'm from New Mexico, but Clemson beat them, and then they demolished Auburn in the second round, so Clemson made it. 
Kansas easily beat Penn and Seton Hall to advance to the Sweet 16. I wouldn't be surprised to see Clemson upset Kansas the way they're playing, but in my bracket I have Kansas. I'm not necessarily a Kansas fan, so either way I'm satisfied. If Kansas wins, more points for me on my bracket. If they lose, it'll be great to see Clemson, an ACC team known more often for football, competing for this year's NCAA championship. Underneath that game, on the bottom right side of the bracket, we have two ACC teams, Syracuse and Duke. Duke is a two-seed, and Syracuse played their way in and ended up being an 11-seed. They upset Michigan State over the weekend in the process. I'm a fan of Duke. I think they have a tough team, and I think Duke will continue their road to possibly earning their sixth NCAA championship. But it won't be easy against Jim Beheim's Orange. Both teams are running a similar zone defense, so it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top of this matchup. Syracuse has been running the zone for a lot longer than Duke. Duke has some great outside shooting and some great big men down low. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, Duke has the advantage. But defensively, I would not be surprised to see Syracuse shut them down. I'm rooting for Duke in this one, but it's going to be a close one and a fun one to watch. Remember, with all that said, my bracket is already toast. I'll probably get last place in my office and family pools unless Michigan and Villanova can make it to the end. Honestly, I'm just cheering for close games from here on out. Let me know what you think about this year's tournament and who you think's going to win it all. Email me at my25podcast at gmail.com or find me on Facebook and Twitter at my25podcast. There's only a few more weeks to go, but tune in next week for more Bracket Talk as well as a way too early look at next year's favorites. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the My 25 Podcast with David Payne. Find My 25 on Facebook and Twitter. Just like at My 25 Podcast and make sure to subscribe for updates each week.